Sweet Sweet Garbage is a podcast in which two women, Jenna Redding and Bailey Von Schneider, take a look back at some of their favorite garbage films and television. Knowing them as we do, we have to ask the question, why do they find themselves enamored with this trash? Not only that, why do we ourselves root for the problematic woman? We love a good crazy stalker, male or female. Why is Bailey okay with the idea of Penn Badgley stalking her? Why does Jenna want to single white female every person she meets? Can they be feminists and still enjoy these indulgences? Let's find out. Alright, welcome back to this week's episode of Sweet Sweet Garbage. So we're finally doing it, guys. We're finally going to sit down and talk about Fatal Attraction. The movie, yeah. (laughs) The movie that basically, you know, is the genesis for the entire podcast, is like the reason we wanted to like watch these movies. So yeah, it's it's good times. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Bailey, do you want to jump into a synopsis of Fatal Attraction? Sure, for the two people out there that might not know what Fatal Attraction is about, but it <laughs> is happily married New York lawyer Dan Gallagher has an affair with his colleague Alex, and the two enjoy a love weekend while Dan's wife and child are away. But Alex will not let go of Dan, and she will stop at nothing to have him for herself. Just how far will she go to get what she wants? So we've got some things to talk about with this movie, because, you know, I think we've we've gone into it before about how Truly, when you think about it, the bad person in this movie is not Alex. It's really Dan. A hundred percent. What really, really frosts me is that, like, not only is Alex not the villain of this movie, but she's been so villainized since this movie came out in 1987 that she literally clocks in at number seven on AFI's list of a hundred years, a hundred, like, villains and heroes like number seven like she is literally above michael corleone wow oh my god i did not know that that's she's above the alien from alien hal 9000 (laughs) annie wilkes like she's literally above annie wilkes the shark and jaws like it's just insane to me that she's like number seven that (laughs) Like, it's just, yeah, because, like, Jenna and I have talked about the fact that, like, this is a movie that 100% villainizes a woman that is not just mentally ill, that is, like, crippling, like, she's crippled with this mental illness, (laughs) like. Right. And nobody really talks about the fact that all of her actions stem from Dan's, like, all of the stuff that he's done or all of the things that he doesn't do because at a certain point he just you know he has this great weekend and then he's like okay well bye you know like does not take her feelings into account and I'm sure if he I mean I'm not saying that she would have been cool if he was um you know if he tried to juggle both or anything like that I'm not saying that but I am saying that like his reactions to her and like when he turns cold and is just like what the fuck is wrong with you and like leave me alone i'm a married man and as if like as if he wasn't a married man and like doing the wrong thing in the first goddamn place 
like, he, he knows, like, you can feel that he knows and understands that every single thing he does with Alex is wrong from, like, the first time that they meet at this big, at this big party and they're flirting. Like, you could tell that Dan knows it's wrong. He knows it's wrong to go out and have, like, dinner and drinks with her. He knows it's wrong to go back to her apartment, yet he does all of these things because he feels like this is the perfect opportunity because my wife and child are away and I can sleep with this woman for the whole weekend and I'm never gonna have to deal with her again, which is actually kind of hysterical because they, like, work together. They're, like, colleagues. So, like, the, the fact that you thought maybe she... So do you think that, like, you're entering into this relationship that, like, every time your wife and child go away that you and her will resume this, like, sexual relationship? Right. Like, I just want to know what goes on in Dan's head. I know it's him thinking with his penis the whole time, but at the same time, I'm like, what are you really thinking you're gonna get out of this other than banging, you know, Glenn Close? Right. And I mean, I gotta say, she is banging hot in this movie. Like, oh, this is like prime Glenn Close. Oh my gosh, she's so hot. And, you know, and I will say, like, what you were talking about, like, you can see, like, the hesitation and the, um, you know, a little bit of the guilt. And that's, I think, you know, a real testament to Michael Douglas's performance because he does oh, make sure. Dan so sympathetic. And, you know, when you're watching this, you do, like, I felt when I was watching this, even though I have come to the conclusion about Dan, you know, Mm -hmm. years ago, while I'm watching it, I do feel sympathy for him. And I am on his side. It's when the movie's over that I'm like, wait a goddamn second. Like, you deserve to have a little bit of a comeuppance. Like, what the hell? (laughs) You need to learn a goddamn lesson. Yeah, and I think think you're right. I think it is because Michael Douglas does make Dan likable because Michael Douglas is just so damn likable and so damn watchable that like you don't you want to be like oh he fucked up like you know maybe he oh you know if she wasn't crazy you know he'd he just slept with like you know not a crazy bitch and I'm like well she's not a crazy bitch she's a very mentally ill woman (laughs) like you know so you just you know it's like you're like oh well if he just it's like at the same time he like spent an entire weekend cheating on his wife like you know so like he is in the wrong a hundred percent yeah because it wasn't even yeah it wasn't even an impulsive sort of thing like it wasn't like it was like a one night stand and then he's like immediately remorseful and is like I can't see you anymore and that's what sets her off he like you know spends like three nights with her where they like bang all night and like you know it's the whole weekend like the whole weekend like, they even meet up in a, like, like he, he's been ignoring his dog, and then she's like, oh, well, we'll go to a park together, and the three of them have this, like, cute moment where they're, like, frolicking through, like, Central Park, and, and you're like, oh, if this were another movie, this would be, like, that cute moment where, like, the two people are falling in love. Right, well, that was what was so interesting to me, because... I, you know, it's been a few years since I've seen that movie, and I remember watching up until this point, and I was like, again, and we have talked about this a lot in the podcast, where thrill, a good thriller, I think, feels like it could be any type of movie for the first, like, 20 minutes. So you're like, oh, is this going to be, like, a straight drama? Is this going to be a romantic comedy? Mm -hmm. What is this? And then it just takes, like, a sharp, like, veered turn you know, there is a little bit more of a build-up in this because, like, you know, he. I think he 
I think Dan thinks he can control the situation for a little bit longer than, like, what happens. But, like, you know, if you think about, like, Red Eye, when that movie first came oh, out. Oh, yeah, that's such a good yeah, one. Yeah, like, that that seemed like it was going to be just an adorable romantic comedy where, like, two people, like, are about to <laughs> fall in love on a plane. And then all of a sudden he's just like, I've been watching you. And you're like, what? Killian Murphy, you can either be super charming or super terrifying. <laughs> I know, right? It's those eyes. It's the Killian Murphy yeah, the eyes they, that you're just The like, second they go cold, you're like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you're like, Rachel McAdams about to die. No. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, but oh, no, this is the boogeyman for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, that is true because, and, and you know, some people will, I think some people will come out with the whole like, oh, well, the bitch just crazy. And I'm like, well, the bitch ain't just crazy because, you know, because they're like, oh, she seems normal up into a certain point. And I'm like, yes, because she thinks everything is sort of going her way. And when it doesn't go the way that she thinks, that's when she snaps. Right. You know, and, you know, so it's not just like she's normal and not normal. And this, this is how, like, her mental illness works and how it manifests. You know, you know, she believes, like, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, being lonely as well. So it's like she thinks she's found somebody and, you know, whether or not he's married, like, she fully, I mean, she's at fault in some of this, too. I'm not, not saying that. Like, she fully is aware that he's a married man. Right. Like, you know, so she is going into a sexual relationship with a married man, but he thinks that she thinks what he thinks, like, oh, this is just us fooling around and, you know, it's never going to happen again. Right. You know, we're attracted to each other. Like, there's a mo- moment where she says, I-, I knew we were instantly attracted to each other. And, like, he doesn't deny that. Like, there is an attraction. And then they act on it. And then when it doesn't go like it doesn't go the way either of them want it because like he wants it just to be this casual relationship and she wants it to be like you know that they're in love so then he detaches in his way by not being mentally ill and she detaches in her way by being like mentally ill and that's when we see her mental illness manifest in the movie you know i i spent a lot of time when we were watching this like i wanted an archer um, what's the wife's actual name? Uh, oh yeah, what the what is the wife's? What name? is her name? I've always just called her Anne Arch. Beth, Beth. I never would have guessed Beth. So we'll get into the ending in a little while, but like this character to me was like kind of a bore and like just felt like a foil in a lot of ways, you know? Because like you know, I don't know. I spent a lot of the time wanting her to find out earlier or for her to like. I don't know, have something to do because like the whole time, like you're watching the movie and you're like, okay, well, you know, this boring ass, nice wife, like, that's cool. All right. Like, and like, you don't want to be the person who's like, "Ah, Michael Douglas, just fucking leave your boring ass, nice wife for Alex. Just do it. But like, I can kind of see, I can see why he strayed a little bit. And again, that's, that's shitty. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, yeah, we never want to put blame on to the spouse that gets cheated on so i know where you're you're coming from that but yeah the character like she doesn't really do much like the daughter has a like bigger role in like alex's life than the wife does well yeah and it's interesting because it kind of gives off the vibe that dan is not actually into his wife that much and might only be in the marriage because of their kid which I don't mm-hmm. think is what they were trying to do, but that's the vibe that comes off because, um, you know, she just doesn't really 
she doesn't seem to be a part of Dan's life in any way other than their kid. Yeah, that's right. Like, I remember, like, the first scene that we see them in, they're all, like, half-naked. And you're like, oh, this is, like, a family that's, like, naked. And he, like, kisses his wife in his underwear. So, like, clearly they're... Com- but that also shows a comfort. Maybe you're just so comfortable in this relationship that he's looking for something other than just in our apartment in our underwear. He's looking for the sex in the elevator. Like, you know, like, that he gets with Alex. Or the sex on the kitchen sink. Like, he's looking for that because maybe home is is boring for him right now. And it, I don't think it's, like, maybe a lack of loving his wife, but the I think a lack of, like, the sexuality within their marriage might kind of be like, oh, we, we have a kid, we're thinking about moving to the country, like, oh, this is, this is where our life is, and he's missing the excitement in what maybe used to be their marriage. Right, because it does seem like there is, yeah, there's a very, um, very good sense of stability with those two. Like, they seem like they could very well be best friends because they, again, it is, it is the comfort. And, you know, of course, people people like to say, oh, my spouse or my boyfriend or whatever is my best friend. Oh, my whatever. God, that gags me sometimes. I was like, you I know, can have I a best like... friend that's not the person. Like, you clearly like your boyfriend or you clearly like your <laughs> girlfriend. Like, I'm not saying that you don't. But, like, I can have my boyfriend and I can have my best friends. I can even have my best guy friends or my best girlfriends. Like, you don't need to be my best friend. But that's also just, like, me. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And, again, I do think it stems from you and I being only children. So, like, I think just mm-hmm. one person being all of it seems terrible. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> wow, like, what if I don't, what if we break up? Like, do I not have any friends? Like, do I not? Like, it's like the people that get consumed, like, in, in college, I had a best friend who, like, ended up, like, dumping all of us for his, like, girlfriend now wife, and that girlfriend now wife, he doesn't have friends outside of her and her friends. Like, he doesn't have friends. Like, he's not friends with any of the people he used to be friends with. And I'm just like, that is awful. Right. Well, no, what happens, like, God forbid, what if they do ever break up or, you know, whatever? Like, then what? He just has nobody. He has nobody. Yeah. Got to start all over. Good luck. (laughs) Salt the earth, you know? know? Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. And I do wish they had fleshed out this character a little bit more. Like, give the wife something where, you know, you get to know her a little bit. Because then at the very end, she does have this, like, badass moment but it's kind of not really earned like it felt like it I mean the thing is not supposed to be the end yeah yeah we'll get into there's a lot like a whole dissertation could be written about the original ending of Fatal Attraction and what Mm -hmm. they ended up doing but you know so basically she gets this moment at the very end where she gets to be seen like she's the hero and then but again like I said it doesn't feel earned because up until this point she She's still just a plot device. She's still the reason now that Alex is no longer around. She's the reason Alex and he can't be together, you know? Just like this literary foil the entire time. You know what's actually kind of interesting is that Alex never once was like, oh, so your wife is the reason we can't be together? I'll just kill your wife. Like, she never actually does that, which I, 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 I mean, I like I like that, but at the same well, time, no, I'm it like, made huh, it interesting. Yeah, that she was then... never like, oh, I'll just kill your wife. Exactly. No, she I think she really wants Dan to take responsibility for his actions. I think she yeah. she's very much about like, hey, you were the one who like did this weekend. Like, yeah, maybe you felt guilty, but like 
I didn't force you. I didn't take a gun and be like, hey, let's <laughs> let's bang in the elevator. Let's do all this. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think this whole time, too, like, not only is she trying to get Dan for herself, she's also trying to get him to realize, like, yo, consequences, like, actions have consequences. And, yeah, like, absolutely. you are doing this to yourself, you know? Yeah, no, that's, yeah, 100% true. Yeah, so she never really has a, she has, like, a, a, she doesn't truly have a vendetta. It's more like, own up to what you did and love me, you right. know? And I can forget about these people. Like, I don't need to harm these people. I don't need to harm your, your child or your wife, even though there is the the scene where, you know, she takes the child for a day. And I remember I watched this with, I actually watched this with Amanda, one of our mutual friends. And I remember, like, I'm pretty sure Amanda had never seen it before. And she's like, man, I was on edge the entire time. She had the girl. She's like, I was just like, oh my God, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? Like, oh my God. And she's like, to me, that was like the scene I was most on edge. Like they go on a roller coaster, they spend the day. And that just shows like, What's even crazier, also, this is the 80s, the fact that this is, like, before you even had to be like, oh, yes, I'm taking this child that's never met me, and I've never met this child, but the school (laughs) just, like, lets her go off with her, and then the girl, like, willingly goes off with her, like, I'm sure she's like, oh, I work with your daddy, and she's like, okay, but I'm like, you don't teach your six-year-old stranger danger? No, 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 no. I don't. I, honestly, I think in all movies, nobody is taught stranger danger. Like, it doesn't seem like anybody was ever drilled in their head to <laughs> to do that. Because every it seems like every movie, like schools, just have like a lax ass policy right and they're like oh okay yeah you know her dad cool take her whatever yeah and then you have like that the Ann Archer's like biggest emotional scene in this whole movie is when she goes to pick up her daughter like normal and they're like oh she left and she's like wait what the fuck like you like like what do you mean she like isn't here and they're like oh we thought you took her i'm like does nobody know what the the Ann Archer looks like like clearly doesn't look like glenn close right 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 no that that definitely felt <laughs> that definitely felt a little lazy like it's so funny like they're just like what do you mean you have her like that kind of like that attitude and it's like yeah, this isn't on us. And so now she's like so frantic that she actually gets into a, like a car accident. Right, right. And then like it's like it's like cut between the scenes of like us seeing like Ann Archer being frantic and then like Alex spending like the day with their daughter and like going like getting her like cotton candy, getting her like like what like a stuffed animal they're going on a roller coaster they just look like they're having this great day and then it's match cut with Anne archer just freaking the fuck out and it's great yeah yeah (laughs) because also too like when you have that scene and when you realize that um alex is not going to hurt the kid like you do Mm -hmm. see like it's, I don't want to say it's sweet because it's obviously fucked up, but, like, there is something about her, like, obviously trying to get within this child's good graces, like, try to become, like, a mother figure to this girl. Obviously, it's, like, a fantasy of what a mom is because, like, you know, she she obviously isn't around kids. She probably doesn't have, like, any siblings to, like, see what actual parenting is. But, like, it seems like she wants to be the mother, so, you know, she's getting her the stuffed animal. She's giving her candy. Yeah. She's doing all the fun and, aunt stuff with, but, like, trying mm-hmm. to be the mom. <laughs> 
Yeah, true. And she also knows, like, at the back of her mind that, like, by doing this, it's gonna push both Dan and his wife over the edge because clearly the wife is going to find out when she goes to, like, pick up her child and the child's not there, which is then gonna be relayed back to Dan. So, yeah, while she gets to do this, she's also, like, sort of stirring the pot, you know? Right, like, I feel like she thinks she's setting setting this in motion where it's like, okay, well, they're going to now have to have the talk. They're going to have to. Yeah, who be like, this bitch? You know, yeah, yeah. Like, they're going to have to figure out, like, or he's going to have to finally tell the truth. And so then, like, I think in her mind, she's like, okay, but then see if, like, he sees, if Dan sees that, like, I had such a great time with his daughter, he'll see that, like, I can be a mother. Like, you can kind of tell, like, the mental yeah. gymnastics. And again, it's how good Glenn Close is because, like, Everything she does, even though, like, she's doing batshit things the entire time. Yeah. You you can see, like, her logic. Like, she's not just crazy to be crazy. Like, you can see kind of, like, where she, her mind is going and what she thinks is going on. Yeah, and there's just so many moments, like, in this movie prior to so many things that, like, Dan sees how she is, and Dan is so concerned with his his self and himself that he doesn't give Alex the help when he could help her and so like like the the scene where like she slits her wrists and then kisses him and like the blood is all over him this is I mean a hundred percent as red flaggy as you can get and it was shocking he doesn't do anything (laughs) to help her like because he only cares about that like oh if I did something you know well who is this woman? Where were you? What were you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, my wife's going to ask all these questions. It's like when maybe if you got this woman the help early on, none of all of, like, you know, what happens throughout the rest of this movie. Obviously, we wouldn't have a movie, but still, like, probably wouldn't happen. Well, exactly. Like, I feel like if he had just made some, like, actual human decisions and not just been thinking about himself the whole time... Not that, like, it would have, like, really stopped anything, but, like, maybe, like, again, like you said, like, maybe he could have, or she could have gotten some help, or at least maybe, you know, like, somebody, I don't know, like, it's frustrating, again, because you're right, like, there wouldn't be a movie, and there wouldn't be anything. And, like, again, that scene, though, like, when she slits her wrists and is, like, Mm. doing all that. I wrote, like, my heart was going out to her so much because I was like, oh, my God, I can't even, I can't even fathom doing something yeah. like that. And, like, your heart goes out to her because it just, it doesn't seem like it's, like, some cheap ploy for attention. Like, it seems like such a cry for help. And he is such an yeah. asshole about it. And then he just gets so angry. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'll, like, fight to the death to... to to say that Alex Forrest is is not a villain, should never be the villain. And I think it all comes down to, like, whether or not, like, this written by a man. So, you know, the, the man's writing this to make Alex seem crazy and us to be like, oh, look at this poor guy caught in this web of this psycho bitch, when... Who knows if they cast anybody but Glenn Close, what Alex would have been. Right. But the reason that... Alex is the character she is is because like 
we're talking about one of the the greatest actresses to ever live first of all like for sure inhabiting this role and giving so many layers to alex that i bet weren't even close to being on the page like she just like because i know like the amount of effort that she put into this character like she studied mental illness she studied like everything that she believed like out like all of the she believed she had a reason for everything that alex did like she inhabited her and it was like i did this because i know that this is how alex is thinking so like she just gives so much to alex that it just creates in in my opinion and i will fight anybody to the death not only do i think that this is the best performance a female has ever given on screen i think it might be one of the best performances any human being has ever given on screen and the fact that Cher in Moonstruck beat her for the Academy Award is something that I will never get over or the fact that as we're recording this podcast Glenn Close has never won an Academy Award I like like she's one of the most revered women on stage on television like she she literally this is the oscar's the only thing she is missing for the acting triple crown and the acting triple crown is actually more difficult to attain than the egot is believe it or not like the acting triple crown is something that like you you know meryl streep doesn't even come close to having because meryl streep's never also been on stage like we're talking about a woman that transcends stage screen and television and like somehow the academy award has is she's missing it and it's just like i don't know i could go on a whole podcast about how glenn close doesn't have an oscar and like i've never met this woman but glenn i love you and i'll fight to the death that i don't i will like i want to win an oscar stand on the stage and be like this is now just gonna be for glenn close like i don't need this this is glenn's (laughs) We're, no, we're gonna, no, see, it's gonna be us that gets her the Oscar, finally. We're gonna write something that gets her the goddamn Oscar. Like, <laughs> you need it, girl. This girl needs it. This girl needs it. Oh, yeah. Anyways, sorry, that's my Glenn Close being <laughs> one of the greatest actors to ever live. Anyways, let's move on, because I'm gonna get mad. <laughs> More mad. <laughs> it's like, we're on a slippery slope now. Yeah, um, okay. well... So yeah, basically though, like going, to, getting towards the ending, and we have a lot to say about the ending. We've mentioned mm-hmm. that a few times, but <laughs> like in the theatrical ending, this is basically after everything has kind of come to a head. You know, Anne Archer knows that her husband's cheated, that like he's been like keeping this thing away from her. You know, this whole thing hidden from her, and you know the um, it all kind of comes to a head when like. Alex, Alex seems like she is, um, she's attacking the house, basically. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's, like, what, like, so, and then where, where does it go from there? Yeah, so, like, she finds her way into the house. Ann Archer is, like, this is after Ann Archer's, like, accident. So, Ann Archer's, like, you know, Dan's, like, I'm gonna run Beth a bath, you know, so, like, you get ready in the bath. So, there's, like, a steamy foggy bathroom and you know like Ann Archer's like looking in the mirror and like she shuts the mirror and then like Alex is in the reflection yeah and she's there <laughs> and she's fully in a hundred percent psychotic state like she is not Alex at all anymore and she's just standing there in like this white dress and she just has a knife and she's jabbing the knife into her thigh so now the knife is like bloody her dress is bloody and she is just off kilter and now like Ann Archer is like holy shit like holy shit yeah 
And it is it is such a well done, well shot, well acted scene because like I remember the very very first time that I saw that, and you see her because like that's such a that's such a um, easy trope. I mean, maybe at the time, maybe 1987, it hadn't been used that much. But, you know, like, when you, like, close the mirror and someone's behind you. you Or, like, there's that whole thing. Like, that's so, it's so done a lot. But I got to say, every time I see it, like, it gets me. Like, I know I'm about to see fucking Glenn Close in the mirror. I still gasp. And it's a a 100% because of her performance, though. Because every time you see her, it's not the act of seeing her that is shocking it is the way she looks the way she's staring it's so like i it, like my heart is starting to beat faster just thinking about it you know <laughs> yeah yeah so then they just sort of have this like square off and like meanwhile leona like dan is clueless in the downstairs and the only reason that he catches like any like whiff of what's going on is that like the bathtub is overflowed and it's now like leaking through the ceiling and the dog starts licking it and he's like what the hell's going on and then he looks up and he like runs up there and and they're in like this middle of this like smackdown right (laughs) now yeah and it's like oh okay i guess i'll join in right now right (laughs) you know (laughs) and then he starts like attacking alex and then of course you have that like he's choking her out like under the water and then you have that the you know the final scare when the villain comes back for like one more scare like we believe that he is like you know choked her out she's drowned but she like comes back up she's got the knife at the ready and of course if you want to go into ann archer's moment like you know oh yeah so then ann archer shows up she's got the gun and then she just Blows her away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, Ann Archer gets this, which, I mean, I like that it's, you know, the wife gets, like, the shot in, the kill shot, and not Dan. Right. But that's... Well, I do think, yeah, I think they didn't want to give it to Dan because I think, like, again, they're, they're trying so hard to, like, have him be the most sympathetic mm-hmm. one that they, I think they were like, oh, well, if the wife does it, it's a badass moment. And then also Michael Douglas's hands are clean, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> yeah, and then you can just be like, oh, poor guy. But like, poor guy, this guy's life is still like straight up ruined. Like, you think Ann Arch is going to, I would be like, bye, bitch. Like, my ass is not staying. Yeah, I know. I'm taking this. the kids. But, We're going. Yes. Yeah. And like, of course, there's just, I don't know, there's just so many moments in this, in this film that are just like. I don't know, like, what's interesting is, like, this isn't, like, a, a, a super long movie, but I feel like so much is packed into this movie. Like, so much, ha- like, there's a lot of action. Like, this is a movie that, like, I feel like there's not, like, a boring, boring moment. Even, like, the moments where, like, seem mundane when, like, Alex and, you know, when you have, like, Alex and Dan at dinner and they're kind of flirting and it's, like, will they, won't they moment. And then from there it just is, like, it hits you and keeps hitting you and hitting you and hitting you. It's, like, take this movie, like, takes a lot out of you, I feel like. Yeah, no, I was kind of exhausted at the end of it. And that's the thing, like, it's funny, though, because that's the, uh, so that's the theatrical ending um there was an original ending where um basically alex commits suicide and dan you know like makes it look like dan did it and it's a better ending and glenn close fought for that ending 
I like to believe she would have won the goddamn Oscar if they had listened to her. <laughs> oh, you're probably not wrong. It's just test audiences, which usually fucking suck. And you can't say anything like this movie, like, because you can't be like, well, you know, like, the test audience was right. This movie made money. It did this. It did that. Like, people still talk about it today. People would still be talking about it today if they had the right ending. Right. And the thing, movie. too, yeah, it's like, so the test audiences were saying that they didn't think um, Alex was brought to justice, which goes to show that they don't think that that Dan should be brought to justice because this is Dan getting justice. Like, sure, it's like a very like crazy thing that happens, but it is it is him getting his comeuppance and then she dies. So like it's not like anything great's happening for Alex after this. So it's a very devastating ending. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and you wonder how many people that were, like, tested in that audience that were men, that were like, right, right. needs to get fucking shot. Right, You know, like, exactly. this bitch ruined Dan's life. Like, it's like, no, this bitch is very sick, and it proved that she 100%, like, succumbed to her sickness with her killing herself <laughs> like that and it's also like she also 100% believed in what she was doing enough to go through with it like again obviously it's a very extreme thing to have happened but you know and if you watch the the movie there's actually a there's a scene where like uh, Alex, like, goes after Dan with a knife, and he, like, stops her, like, takes the knife and puts the knife down on her table, and we get the shot of, like, Dan's fingerprints on this knife, on, and that's a shot that's specifically shot for the ending of this movie with the original ending, but that shot is still in there now, making no sense right. for wow. the ending that we get now, and I remember rewatching, and I just went, oh, that is, that's the shot. That's the shot for the original ending. And I just went, oh, God, that's so sad. Because, God, what a great, what a great shot. What a great plant and payoff. Like, I was just like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, you know, because that's the knife. That's the knife that she uses. And, like, the, like the, the, I love the alternate. I'm the, I'm not calling it alternate. The OG, the, the ending that should have been the ending. And she, you just see Alex, like, have the knife and she's, like, about to, like, slice her throat open. And it's just, like, this moment that's just, like, oh my god, it just hits you. And yeah, so of course for, like, every person, like, and I'm sure you'll still get multiple people, like, AFI putting at her at number seven that just believe that she's this villain and believe that, like, oh yeah, Glenn Close, like, plays these villains really well. No, Glenn Close plays women with issues really well, and she also just plays Cruella DeVille really well, who was a fucking legit devil. Like, this is <laughs> between Cruella DeVille being a fucking awful person and Alex Forrest. Like, Right. She plays, uh, the thing is, like, she, she plays these characters humanly, and that's why it, that's why, that's why we keep coming back to that character, because, not because she's a villain, but because she is a very complicated, complex woman who is driven to these extreme lengths, you know? But um, what would you say is your batshit moment in this movie? Oh, my God. There's... I know. There's I just know. so many. So I was, like, going through... I think 
it's not necessarily like my the bat shittiest moment but like my like favorite moment maybe in this whole movie is one of my favorite lines and it's like when he goes over to Alex's and he's just like you know you need to cut this shit like this needs to end and this line is just delivered to such perfection and she just looks at him and she's like I'm not gonna be ignored Dan and like the way she says it is like that's a line that could just be delivered poorly and it's delivered so well you there's so much behind that line it's just like you think you've you th- I, you're not you're never getting rid of me so it's not necessarily oh, that man. it's like a batshit moment but to me that's just like a moment in this movie that like it really is like oh like we're going somewhere and it's not going to be good and i think that to me is just like such a profound a point in this movie and I think it just leads into the rest of the movie so why why like you know maybe the bat shittiest moment is her like I don't know fucking th- like everybody thinks the most iconic part and she's not nobody's even in the scene it's just Ann Archer like being like what's on the stove and there's a bunny in there like get over the whole fucking boy and the bunny I, know, I hate the that bunny... that's like I love how people just always talk about like oh she's crazy she boiled the bunny I was just like what the like dude she did way more crazier shit in this whole friggin' movie. I know. Like, it's kidnapping just, their child. zeitgeist, yeah. <laughs> you know, not just, yeah. like, oh, this, this scene of this bunny, and you're just like, ugh, I don't know. So, like, I'd say, like, maybe not necessarily bat shittiest, but, like, a moment that, like, I just, I always, like, when I think of this movie, I think of that scene and, like, that line. Right. Well, when you have that line, and she does deliver it so well, the first time I ever heard it, it was as if, like, someone had dumped cold water on me. Yeah, I was like, ice mm. just went through my veins. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, God, how did you not get an Oscar for that line? But yet Cher smacks somebody and says, snap out of it. And you're like, here's this gold naked man. Here here you go. Here you go. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, what about you? Where would you say of the many moments? <laughs> right? Like, I would say, actually, um, I think it's the first time uh, Dan kind of, like, snaps. And when he goes to... Um, Alex's apartment and you know mm-hmm. he just starts just like choking her out and he attacks her that, and I think that is, that, yeah I know he like attacks her yeah crazy yeah and you're just like Ugh. and like that's the thing too because like it is done in a way where like you're kind of rooting for Dan but like definitely like not like it's I felt so conflicted while watching it because like there is the part of you and I think the way it's shot and the way you're doing it it's just like oh he's been pushed over the edge like He's attacking this woman. Like, it is kind of crazy. And then he just straight up leaves. (laughs) He just, you know, he doesn't call the cops. He doesn't do anything. I could tell your wife at any time. And then, like, runs in to, like, go make, like, try to, like, call the wife, you know? It's like, that's her threat. Like, I could just tell your wife any time. Right. But, like, I remember that being, like, the thing where I was like, oh, shit. So Dan's finally, like, getting somewhere like he's like doing something even though it's this awful thing where he's just beating the shit out of this woman yeah and just choking her out and is this i'm like trying to remember is this before there's also like a bombshell of where she like claims she's pregnant and of course what does he do well we're gonna abort that shit right right and yeah, she's no, like no, fuck I, you i'm in my late 30s like early 40s i want to have this baby and he's like you ain't having my baby so i can't remember if this scene is before or after she like reveals oh by the way i'm pregnant and he's like what I feel like, no, 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 I feel like that came earlier. This was the scene, though, this is the scene where, like, you see her, him grab the knife. So the one that you, 
Like, the one we were just talking about, um, where, like, he grabs the knife and, like, puts it down. Oh, yeah, that is before. Because that is, like, the first time that he's just kind of like, oh, cut the shit. And then it gets, like, more and more progressively intense from from there. Yeah, so, yeah, and then the bombshell of, yeah, I'm carrying your child. Like, you know? And doesn't, like, I, I'm forgetting, doesn't he, like, say the whole, like aren't you on birth control thing? Yes, he does the whole, you're not on birth control, and she says, oh, I can't be for, like, for for reasons of my, my for my body, you know, and then it's like, well, Dan, why weren't you wearing your, why were you not wrapping your fucking dick up, dude? Like, you didn't think about anything, too? Like... No, it's crazy. It's crazy that, like, yeah, and again, that's always the argument, because, like, dudes are like, oh, man, but, like, why aren't you on birth control? Fucking condoms suck. And it's like, dude, well, fucking wear one. If you don't know a person, like, not even about the pregnancy thing, and I'm not trying to sound like a fucking mom over here, but, like... But, yeah. I am always shocked when people are like oh yeah like we just banged and hopefully nothing happens I'm just like what that's insane yeah not only getting pregnant i'd be like less terrified of getting pregnant than i am of getting like a fucking std right no i'm <laughs> terrified of hpv like that's the one that's the one i'm actually the most scared of because like dudes actually dudes never know that they have it they're just fucking giving it to people if they've got it so <laughs> it's just one of those things <laughs> moral of the moral of everything just wear a fucking condom you know on the, like, wear a condom take care of yeah. yourself <laughs> you know so yeah you just have him yeah because i think it was like she's like oh, i had a really bad miscarriage and because of that miscarriage i don't know why it made sense because of that miscarriage i can't be on birth control i'm just gonna let that but i think it was like i had a really bad miscarriage and that's why i like can't do this and then but yeah why weren't you responsible at the same time so it's like this is a two-way street so fuck you dan yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) um yeah so i'm just gonna say right now that i actually don't put this on a garbage meter because i love this movie this is such a well-made movie adrian lynn like he is a very specific type of trashy thriller director and he does it so well so i'm actually not putting this one on the garbage meter You can't put arguably the best performance of all time in in anything but it being great. Like, whether or not you want to say, like, like okay, cool. And it, what is so interesting, too, is that movies like this have tried to replicate that character. And we've never gotten that character being as revered as Alex. Like, any character like Alex has, you know, and it's because of Glenn Close and what she put into Alex. No, absolutely. Yeah, she put in the work. Like you said, she studied mental illness. She, like, it was a very meticulously crafted performance. And, you know, I think people think it's, like, you get this a lot from a lot of people. Because she made it look so easy, you almost could say, like, oh, well, maybe she is just like that character. Maybe she is unstable but like then that's people who don't understand that like acting and when you're performing like that it's actually very meticulously crafted you know what I mean yeah or the people that haven't seen Glenn Close be in any other thing other than maybe Cruella de Vil and you know Glenn uh, and Alex Forrest so to see that like she crafts characters that are are that are different from this sure she's played 
you know, like, she's played Catherine in Dangerous Liaisons. Like, oh, her character so on good. Damages. Like, she's played vindictive bitches and she plays them well, but she's also, you know, played the woman in The Natural who is, like, calm and open and you know she's in the big chill and she's like a completely different character than any of these other characters and she plays them also well and I think that's why you know people can talk about how you know you know Meryl Streep is the greatest actress that's ever lived and I'll just be like whatever I think that Glenn you know and then you'll have somebody come with the argument well you know she's been nominated like 21 times and she's won three Oscars blah 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 and she's lost 18 times yeah so she's more (laughs) of a loser than Glenn Close is like honestly Glenn Close is 0 for 9 I think what is she like 3 for 21 okay like cool you know the still shitty batting averages either way you cut it (laughs) you know so like my thing is like I personally like Glenn Close better as an actress because my thing is like have I don't know tell me Meryl Streep could play that role in Fatal Attraction and she can't whereas like Glenn Close could go into any Meryl Streep role and give as like dynamite a performance that's just how I kind of go between the two of them this is yeah, so this has become a Glenn Close stan podcast, and this is all we're going to talk about now. <laughs> yes, that's all we're doing. And we'll go through all of Glenn's filmography and talk about how she Every single one. this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we're, we have our our batshit moments, whether they're not bat they're batshitty or not, in a whole movie filled with batshit moments, and we've we've come to the conclusion that we can't put this on a garbage scale because this isn't garbage. Like whether or not you think that the content of the movie is garbage or there's some parts of the movie, like you can't have like a performance this good in a garbage film. Right. And the thing is too, there's a difference between garbage and trashy. Like this is a little mm-hmm. bit trashy, but like True. it's only because yeah, it's it's, a, it's like a sexy thriller. Yeah, it's a sexy know? ass thriller, and so of course it's going to be a little like steamy and trashy, but like yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. not garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right, so that's us talking about Fatal Attraction. I'm sure we'll still bring it up a thousand more times when we're talking about other movies. Of but, um, you know, we've, we were like, listen, it's crazy we haven't done it yet. So we finally, we finally did Fatal Attraction. Yeah, on our sixth month, our 26th episode, we're like, yeah, well, we'll get, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, well, again, we appreciate everyone who's been listening. We've um, we've been seeing the reviews that some of you have been dropping, and we really appreciate it. We love you guys. We love doing this. So, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Sweet, sweet garbage, baby. Sweet.